Welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. This is Nathan Schwartz. Joining me from Sacramento, Aaron Schroeder. How you doing, Nate? Good to see you. Doing well, doing good. My Denver and five prediction is is holding strong. I might actually get a series right. That's very impressive. I've gotten everything wrong. I just I I there I feel like there's some very rich man out there who just watches my videos and is like, yeah, I just bet against everything he says. It's been perfect ever since. To be fair, I feel like if you were a takesman on the internet, someone will do that, or or, or someone can pull up together like, hey, here is a long string of your takes being wrong. That reminds me, I, I, I did have a moment like that. I totally forget what it was, but I, I said that somebody out there is going to make a compilation of me digging myself deeper into a hole about some take I was wrong about. But my, my series predictions, even my game predictions have been so bad. My uncle stopped responding to my texts. Uncle David, if you see this, I'm sorry I lost you all that money. I know my predictions are bad. Please, please respond to me. Did you know that we once upon a time had Ben Golliver of the Washington Post on this podcast as a guest? I do remember that. I do remember that. It was right before I started coming on. Yeah, that was my like enticement. I was like, hey, listen, you can come be the second most famous person on this podcast behind Ben Golliver. We thought it would be kind of funny to like... You know, hey, we're new podcasters. We're, you know, still making takes. We're we're not the best at this, but what if we go back to Golliver's old stuff? And he had this this podcast called the Domtonio Wingcast. It's him and Kevin Pelton as like blog boys before either of them became who they are today. And I scoured that. I listened to like 30 something hours of that podcast and there were no bad takes. There were Man. You know, unestablished takes there was a little bit of like hey nicholas batum is going to be really good takes <laughs> that's but, good but he was like hey steph curry i know he's got some ankle injuries but this guy could be a future mvp or could be. and i'm like what of course of course you have to call this like great just one day we'll go on some other podcasts and they're unbeknownst to us, they'll be our arch rifles and they'll be like, welcome, welcome, welcome. Here are your takes from from 2020 that were terrible. Uh, please don't. We'll, we'll burn these records. But <laughs> Denver, um, are you seeing anything that gives you any hope that Miami comes back? I don't. I feel like they got hot in game two and we came on and talked about that. They shot the lights out from three. I said I felt good about Denver going forward because of that. I didn't think Miami could pull that off. I think we're seeing finally Miami being pulled too thin. They don't have the talent to cover all of this, but Denver has been this monster. It's the 2011 Mavs mixed with the 2014 Spurs mixed with the 86 Celtics in this insane, this destructive team that handled the Timberwolves and handled the Suns and crushed the Lakers and are now handling business against Miami with Jokic just at the peak of his powers and the passing. It really has gone to that level of the 2014 Spurs where it I feel like they could beat anybody at this point. They're so in tune. They're so in touch. Aaron Gordon's catching shit around the basket. I don't even think he knows what he's doing with it, but it just is in this second, this um, this like second instinct to just say, and I'm laying it up now, and I have 27 points or whatever he ended with at the end of that game. But they're incredible. The off-ball movement is just special. And, and then you can also just dump it off to Jokic, and he averages 30, 12, and 10. As we're watching that game, I'm in the middle of explaining to my wife what Scott Foster's role is is an NBA discourse. Uh, She's like, hey, Nuggets are off by 10. Like, six minutes left in the fourth, or uh, eight minutes left in the fourth. Or like, they're probably going to win this right. I'm like, well, you see, there's this guy, Scott Foster, and he's he's known as the series extender. So uh, just just watch. He's going to call some real shady real soon. And like, as soon as those words left my mouth, he gives Jokic his fifth foul. And I'm, I'm going into a bit of a, oh my God, are we, are we really going to have to do this? 
And the Nuggets found a way. They held even. I think they lost one point. They were up 10 when Jokic goes out. They are up nine. You know, they were hitting some great stuff. Bruce Brown coming out of nowhere with a big three and a weird looking layup that goes in just a few minutes after getting packed by Bam. Um, like the Nuggets' depth really kind of shone through after, I, I thought in game two, their lack of depth, their lack of being able to get anything outside of the core guys was a big problem, so. They showed up in terms of their flexibility to find really good play from other people. We had said before that I didn't feel like Denver could be phased. They were mentally tough. They were more talented than Boston, but more importantly, weren't going to back down from whatever Miami was throwing. Where Boston got punched in the face and then punched in the face again. Game three was like the worst game I've ever ever seen from a team I thought was good when they go down 0-3. Because I feel like Boston was still kind of figuring themselves out, even though they'd been there. They had this core they were really sure of um, in terms of like the Derek White minutes and the Marcus Smart minutes. But Denver adjustments are clear and they're crisp and it's Bruce Brown over Michael Porter Jr. who wasn't playing well. It worked out and got him a third win. So after Miami had their game two of just insane shooting, I went and checked the stats. Do you want to know how many times the Heat have shot better than 45% from three in this playoffs? Wow. Five times? Seven times. Okay. They're hot. They got hot, man. I mean, it's not just... it. They are they talent, They are talented and played those series really well, but they, they did get incredibly hot from three. Yeah. But, but, I mean, they've been able to do that. They did it three times against Boston. They did it twice against Milwaukee. Uh, they never did it against the Knicks. Uh, their, their Knicks three-point shootings, we're looking at like 22% and 25, 30%, uh, 33 and 33. For some reason, they just can't buy a three against uh, the Knicks. It's, it's Tom Thibodeau yelling in, on the sidelines, just throws them all off. But it, it wouldn't entirely shock me if they're able to have another incredibly hot game like this. I mean, it seems like they have one out of every three games that are, are 45 percenters. Um, so I, I guess I could see them taking game five in Denver, but I think it probably is over at this point. I, yeah, I hope not. I just, all I want, it's it's been a little bit since a team has won on the road. Sorry, has won a title at home. Has it? Because oh. last year, the, the Warriors beat Boston. That was a big deal because it was in the garden. That hadn't happened since, I think, 85, um, 87 yeah. for the for the Lakers closing out the, the, the Celtics in, in, in Boston, um, at least for a finals game. Then 2020, 2021 was Milwaukee. That was in Phoenix, wasn't it? Yep. 2020 was nowhere. Didn't exist. It was it was in La La Land. 2019 was in Golden State. Um, I, I don't actually don't I don't remember 2018 because I was I was actually graduating high school on that day when when the the Warriors went. I remember I, I got off the I met my family after their graduation and I, and Evan my brother was like they got swept and I totally forgot they were playing and I'm like really they got swept that's crazy, um, but that would have been a Golden State right and then 2017 yeah. at that point I forget it's been a long time that's the coolest part about sports is like the championship team winning and winning at home. Hmm. I've never paid that much attention to where teams win because I'm never there. I'm always <laughs> the location for me doesn't change. I'm it matters I'm a lot to me. <laughs> it matters on my couch. like Kobe jumping up and celebrating with the fans and giving the five rings and and I, I want that That's again, bad. man. That's it's bad. been a while. It's been a long. Eve, I think um, Dallas in 2011. Even even that was was in Miami. <sighs> was it in Miami? So, Wait, because they wouldn't say that. Forget about that. Forget about that. All right. So I think the biggest question then is who takes home finals MVP? And I know it's not supposed to be a question. They've got a two-time MVP. He is averaging 31 points, 30, or 13 rebounds, eight assists. But because I'm on a lot of spaces on the NBA internet, I'm seeing the case being made for Aaron Gordon. 
Nay, I'm gonna tell you something that's never happening. It's never happening, and I'll tell you why it's never happening. The 2015 Finals MVP has scarred voters for all of time. No matter how good a role player will ever be, they're Amen. not winning it because no one is ever gonna be like, we fucked up 2015. I'm not doing it again. No way, especially because Jokic has been incredible. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Gordon's awesome. It's funny, Dylan's not here today, and I miss him dearly, but... He made a point preseason in our player rankings that he'd rather have Aaron Gordon than Julius Randle. At the time, I thought it was crazy. Maybe in the long run, you, you'd still want Randle um, in terms of a full season trying to win 40-something games, but is Aaron Gordon perfect for what Denver's doing? And his his off-ball movement and his and his dunks and even his passing well, when he gets it in the open shots, and he's, just, he's beautiful, man. See, Dylan's just a perfectionist, and Randle is absolutely flawed. Like, if you're putting them with, you know, a bunch of guys at YMCA, Randall will probably be better than Gordon. Randall will take those four scrubs higher, but you're never winning a chip with, with Randall. You will win a chip with Aaron Gordon as your third best guy making those cuts. I, I saw the case on the internet, and I just had to bring it up here because I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what percentage of, Yoke, or of Gordon's baskets are being assisted but i'm gonna guess it's an extremely extremely high you don't have a true shooting percentage of 70 percent without having so many of your baskets assisted by Jokic and murray and just watching it he's getting a ton of i mean he, he's making the cuts he's making the right reads it's not like the ball is just being given to him and he has nothing to do but he's being set up incredibly well his his scoring efficiency and plays help bolster Jokic's case not not I have some numbers for you. Go Would you like some it. numbers? Yeah. Aaron Gordon these playoffs has been assisted on 65% of his two-pointers, 100% of his three-pointers, all of them. Yeah. Every three-pointer that man has made has been an often assist. So we could take that and burn it. But at the same time, fully respect to him where he's coming from and i think in heading into next season you guys made the case for andrew wiggins to be like a top 40 player in the league which i thought was fucking ridiculous and it was and it was ridiculous and whoa, it still whoa, is whoa. ridiculous and i'm gonna have to deal with it again you're gonna tell me aaron gordon's better than the nemanis Sabonis because he cuts off ball i'm gonna have to have that conversation i am i'm just totally i'm prepared to to fight to the death and be like hey the guy that finished sixth in mvp is actually better than aaron gordon i was on your side you i defend Sabonis. you did not help me enough <laughs> what it's because it's Dylan, Dylan divided and conquered us. He's too yeah, smart. <laughs> Even when he's not here, he's dividing us. We did, we did the thing where we're like, all right, as long as two of us agree, we're going to move on. And he used that. He snuck through all of his guys. <laughs> and he's like, well, this is kind of a flawed system. It explains why it's flawed. As soon as we started to like team up against him. No. <laughs> we got to remain unified. Yes. Unity. All right. All I right. am. I wanted Bruce Brown so badly on the Kings in the offseason, and we got Malik Monk instead, and he's been incredible in his own right, but man, I thought we were going to get him, but he signed with Denver so quickly, it kind of hurt my feelings. To be fair, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. If I was Bruce Brown, he'd be like, I can just hit open threes and cut baseline and, and dunk on people. This is great. This is awesome. I think I think Jokic, if there is like a guys you'd want to play with tier list or just list that we could make all time, Jokic is like second, maybe even first. I'd rather play with Jokic and LeBron, because LeBron is going to throw me under the bus to the media. Jokic is like, I don't know, I'm going to go gamble on horse racing later. I don't care. I don't care that Aaron missed all of his open threes. I think Bruce Brown did it right. He signed a one-year with uh, another one-year player option on here. So if it doesn't go great, he can pick up the player option. It went pretty well. He's a free agent again. Cash in, man. He's going to get it. Yeah, but where do you want to go if you're Bruce Brown? Or more, who back wants to, to give him just money? Trade Michael Porter Jr. No. <laughs> I, so I, I've, I've had my ups and downs with Porter Jr. this year because he is trying on defense. 
and when he tries, he's actually pretty decent. He's got super long arms. He'll get... I feel like he's below average as a defender, but above average in recovering as a defender. Like, he gets back to his guy fairly well. Yeah. He gets burned almost every time. Because his hips are too high. He has the lower half of yeah. the Victoria's Secret model. That's my that's my analysis. You could just watch him. He is, his hips are at his, everyone else's shoulders. He can't he can't turn. I I'm sorry, as soon as you said Victoria's Secret, my like <laughs> mind instantly went to that that song, the I know Victoria's Secret. She was made up by a dude. That's uh, that's the Michael Portadrina analysis. A lot of times in the playoffs, I feel like guys are a little too uh, too conservative. You know, they want only the best shots. They end up getting worse shots. But damn, Michael Porter Jr. fixes that problem immediately. I have never in my life been man. I feel like Michael Porter Jr. should shoot it more. I feel like he could. I feel like he could have gotten a look off there. Um, his ability to shoot over anybody is really impressive. But he'll lose some games occasionally. But it's worth it. He's really talented. Yeah, in game four, I wish he had shot more. Uh, you kind of saw that his shot wasn't dropping, and he kept trying to drive. I wish he actually like physically catch and shot. He did a good job attacking the basket, just shorted several you know, easy drive floaters. I mean, not easy drive, but several floaters. I don't have much more that I really want to touch on Denver. I think they're clearly the superior team. I think Jokic is having a playoffs of the ages. I saw his numbers next to, I think it was either 2000 or 2001 Shaq playoff numbers, and it was like same points, same rebounds, same um, you know box plus minus with like a better true shooting and field goal and free throw and uh, three point percentage. It was like okay, you're just gonna put up prime <laughs> Shack numbers with better passing and shooting. Cool, cool, that's great. I saw a TikTok that said. And I've seen, this is like a common theme that scares me of people saying, put the Jokic's numbers next to like prime Dwight Howard numbers. And they're like, you are considering that Dwight Howard is a defensive beast. Get your head out of your ass. Dwight Howard was never close to how good Jokic has been for the past three seasons. It never happened. Stop it. That's ridiculous. I, okay, Dwight okay. Howard. <laughs> I, I know I created a straw man earlier of could Gordon be a, be a finals MVP, but if you're putting... Dwight versus Jokic. That is an even greater <laughs> straw man. I want to ask you, with that, though, the Jokic stuff, I was looking at our all-time list. We have Giannis at 22, and I feel like I, I prefer Jokic to what Giannis has done this last... The, 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 I just do. Which leads us into Dirk and Karl Malone. Jokic is better right now than Dirk and Karl Malone ever in terms of effectiveness in the playoffs. They just were. And this is in the finals now, and, and, and the Heat are, are a good enough team to get here, and whether they're an eight seed or not, he's dismantling them, and he destroyed the Lakers, and ruined the Suns, and to picked apart the Timberwolves, and Dirk was never that good. Dirk is an incredible player. He's in our top 20. Same with Carl Malone. They weren't that good. I put him, I personally, and we'll talk about this after the season, I had him at 19. I think there is a bit of a gap between him and Moses Malone at 18, but I like the spot. So I, I think we need to redo some stuff. Because um, I don't okay. entirely disagree with you that I think that this is a higher peak for Jokic. I still don't necessarily know that I like him over Dirk, um, just because of how much longevity Dirk brings to our all-time rankings. How I mean, you're just looking at 20 years in the league, probably yeah. 15 of those at an incredibly high level. After 2011, what do we what do we like? He played seven years. He played eight years after 2011, and nothing nothing of consequence. Yeah, but that's still, if we look at what he did before 2011, and we're talking in about 10 years at an extremely high level. Jokic has five years, and really three at this high of a level. 
It's almost perfect though, where he won the two MVPs and the one time he didn't, he wins a title. Yeah. You can never you can never poke a hole in any of his arguments anymore. Well, but that is that's the exact same thing that Giannis has. That is the same argument as Giannis. Two MVPs, the year he doesn't win, he wins the title. Giannis has just done this for like two or three more years at this point. Sure. Um, so I, I don't quite want to go him over Giannis yet. It was a great finals, and maybe if he ends it with another 30-20-10, which, you know, 30-10-3 in the playoffs, but... Nate, are you trying to, to cool off my reactionary recency bias yes. takes? I'm not into it. Not loving it. You don't, you don't know good podcast material when you see it. <laughs> I, I, I made the TikTok, and I had this guy... Really, I made the TikTok being like, all right, listen, here's our top 25. If Jokic wins, I think he's better than Baylor. He's better than Wade. He's better than KG. Came around um, on Wade. I forgot to make a video, but I was wrong about Wade. I, 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 I kind of stopped at Giannis and I was like, hey, I think to be better than Giannis, he has to have an insane finals. And someone jumped on there. He's like, recency buy as much. You just racist pieces of trash. Like, oh my god! Because he's, it's, and I'm like, because <laughs> he's white. Um, okay. Well, my cat's name is Giannis. I That's true. drove to Milwaukee Maybe. to watch Giannis play. Like, um, I'm a big Giannis fan. Let me let me look at this. And and so I deep dove the numbers. I'm like, all right, this is a little reactionary. It's not because Jokic is white. It's because it's reactionary. Uh, but I think I think it just makes more sense to not put him up that high. All right, so. fine. Whatever. Can we just put Giannis and Jokic together above Dirk and Karl Malone? That's where I was getting. Yes. Yeah, let's go. That's what... <laughs> Maybe still not Dirk, but I, I'm I'm starting to waffle well, on Dirk, my... Well, Dirk is the next KG one you have Dirk. to pick. Oh, we can look at things again. We can rethink things. I got taken to task pretty hard for Karl uh, Malone over Dirk, and, uh, you know... But that was right. That was right. We were right about that. We were... Karl Malone is a machine of basketball destruction for like 20 straight years. And up until the end, he's good. It's 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 tough to argue again. We'll, we'll revisit this. We'll okay, revisit we'll, we'll this. Revisit. We, it's a good conversation. We have actual basketball and fake basketball things to discuss. Don't make me defend Karl Malone, Nate. Don't do this to me. That, you're going to let me? No, we'll save this for another day. <laughs> save it for okay. another day. Any final Denver, Miami thoughts? I have a good friend of mine that I'm that has um, quite a bit. I mean, he's in a lot of sports group chats with us, and he's in my fantasy baseball and football and basketball. John, if you're hearing this, he's a Heat fan. Go Denver, Denver in five. Great. Um, all right, so during the finals, we had an interesting bit of news. Kind of break and then kind of get walked back. Initial reports from Chris B. Haynes, which I just want to, like, say crispy Haynes, was that... Phoenix was cutting Chris Paul. They were waving him. That kind of got walked back by Shams, who was like, no, 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 no. They're still discussing buying him out or trading him. Listen, once the report leaks that you're going to waive him, you're you're not able to trade him. That's that's done. He will get cut eventually. But he made me look like an idiot on TikTok. The kids made fun of me, Nate. Did they? I wasn't. I wasn't because I made a video and it said Chris Paul got waved. Mm. In huge yeah. letters on, on a picture of Chris Paul. <laughs> no one told me they could just lie. I just, they saw the report. We, te- we texted about it. So the, the kind of breakdown of this is Phoenix has until June 28th to waive him. If they don't waive him, uh, then his contract becomes guaranteed through the rest of the year. Um, if they waive him before June 28th, they only have to pay him $15.8 million. Damn, just eating that. My goodness. I'll tell you what, Matt Ishbia would murder Chris Paul in, in downtown Phoenix before it gets to June 28th and pay him all that money. 
Well, so it's interesting because if they keep him beyond June 28th, his 24-25 deal, which is also 30.8 million, is non-guaranteed. And they have until June 28th of 2024 to waive him before that. So they could still get out of that deal. It's kind of, do you want to keep him for 30 million or do you want to pay him 15 mil to go away right now? And if you pay him the 15 mil, you could supposedly stretch that over five years. So it's only a three mil cap hit. Uh, but but right now it's, it's looking like this is going to be cap savings, which means Chris Paul is a free agent can sign with anyone. I had always thought that there was a rule that prevented you from cutting a player and then immediately re-signing him. Apparently, Phoenix could re-sign him. Although, frankly, if you tell me, hey, we're going to cut your salary. We don't want to pay you half of what we said we would. I'm not going to re-sign him for a discount. That's just me. Right, would you, you don't have would a you role for around? that because no one would ever do that. They thought of making the rule and they are like, would anyone actually make this? And like, no one's going to take less money. There is a rule if you get traded away, you can't just immediately sign back. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, you know, what's the word? You know, you're, you're playing both sides. Like you agree to get traded for assets and you just come right back for nothing. That used to be really popular is like you you trade a player to a team that wasn't going to keep him. They'd cut him and then you just resign him because he already lives in your city and you just get him at this huge discount. And it's good they stopped that. It's, it's a good thing they stopped that. But yeah, there's no, there's no deal. But the Chris Paul aspect, and I think he still has some in the tank. He's not... He's not even 2021 Chris Paul, but I think that the need, it's interesting because there are so many good point guards in the league, but the need for a cheap good point guard is so present among some Mm -hmm. of the best teams. Boston, literally on their knees, begging, screaming, crying, peeing themselves over the idea of having a point guard that can pass the ball. Milwaukee, Drew Holiday is is good. I feel like I could picture him in the shooting guard role more with yeah. with someone like Chris Paul. If if James Harden leaves, it's that's a spot in uh, in Philly. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Please bail me out. <laughs> you can't think of anywhere else you might want to go. I'm trying to think of um uh, the Clippers. No point guard there. Oklahoma City. Why the fuck not? Let's go back. Yeah. Um, New Orleans. Just, they still love them. New Orleans. There's the good one. Go back to New Orleans. They don't have a point guard at all. They need like Dyson. Like not Dyson. Dyson Daniels is pretty good, but Jose Alvarado is not going to be the point guard of the future. He might be the backup point guard of the future, but you got to have somebody to, to make those passes and get players involved. And Chris Paul could be awesome for that. He, he will be on a team for sure. You you left out a team. Yeah. It's not Phoenix. It's the Lakers. Ah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. In my video, I said that this is the most Lakers signing ever because he's old and gets injured. He's also LeBron's buddy. Um, I'd be crushed because I wouldn't say I, I had to stop defending him. I'm a huge Chris Paul supporter. And I'd be like, I'm out. Not His family lives in L.A. Yeah. already. Like he, he probably lives in L.A. You think he has a house in Phoenix? <laughs> he probably flies in for every game. <laughs> yeah, it, it's such a Lakers signing. And, and I mean, it's a good one. He actually will help the Lakers. He probably will be their starting point guard next year. And I can't imagine that, you know, even if they bring back D'Lo, I, mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, you're you're going to start Chris Paul. He, he means you don't have to bring back D'Lo if you get him relatively cheap. Like, it, it's a win-win for him. It's a win-win for the Lakers. It's, I don't know where D'Lo ends up, but... Uh, uh, Taiwan, Taiwan, Japan, maybe. North Korea. Have you ever seen the, you, ever, you guys. You ever, seen, <laughs> you ever seen the North Korean basketball rules where a shot in the last ten seconds is worth ten points? I have. D'Lo would do pretty well over there. I know D'Lo. He'll be in the league, but not on any team that's important. I think we finally ran our course. We know what he is. If you're trying to win games, he just can't be on the team. Yeah. 
just can't, that's fine. There's there is a lot of NBA players that meet that description. That that's what makes the bench the bench, and that's where that's just where he's gonna be. He's not worth thirty million dollars. I, I heard that he wanted he wanted prior to the trade a hundred million dollar extension or whatever that ridiculous number was. That was never gonna happen. I mean, does what Dennis Schroeder said no to uh, eighty mil over four years. Like the point guard market is just so competitive right now that if you look up and down te- teams, you look up and down the league, who needs a point guard? Like coming into this offseason. Who needs a cheap, pretty good point guard? It's not just a point guard. Who's a cheap point guard? Because if Chris Paul wants $10 million, you give it to him. If Dennis Schroeder wants four for 80, you're like, yes. get the fuck out of here. I'm not interested. Yes. I mean, looking at teams with potential large amounts of cap space, uh, I mean, like 10 plus million. We got Portland, they've got Dame, Dallas, Kyrie and Luka, uh, Sacramento, De'Aaron yeah. Fox, the Lakers. Lakers need someone. Orlando could use someone. I could I could see D'Lo yeah. ending up in Orlando. That seems like a, a oh, good geez. spot. I thought you were talking about Chris Paul. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I disagree. I take it all back. I was just blindly agreeing. Get D'Lo get get the hell away from Orlando. They, are, they have their nice winning culture. They're building something up. Angela Russell would kill that so fast. He'd you know where he could crowd. go? Where? He go to Utah. They got some some space. They already have Jordan Clarkson. It's just Bring so the band tricky because he's just good enough where he might win you a few games on accident. But so who wants him? It's like it's the Russell Westbrook issue, or no one, no tanking team wants him. No good team wants him. Just just get the band back together. <laughs> Are you ready to move on to our ridiculous fake basketball offseason topics? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to introduce this one? Because. I don't know what yeah. to say about it. Sure thing. So we're starting off with the biggest disappointments of 2023 in terms of just any NBA stuff. And this will be a draft. We're going to go back and forth, taking biggest disappointments, cut and dry. It can be players. It can be teams. You went really in-depth ownership, coaching. It's up to you. I mean, you have Zach Zarba on there, right? I do not. Yeah, that's how deep we're going. You don't even know who Zach Zarba <laughs> is. I was trying to think of a ref's name. Would you like the first pick in our biggest disappointments draft? I mean, the biggest... It's it's obvious. It's too obvious. It's it's Ja, and it's it's, it's the ja. whole, not even the whole Memphis situation. He's actually looking at the season in review. I, this was Memphis had a lot of bright spots, but I think they're all just outweighed by Ja Morant. And I don't feel like this is something we really need to dig that deeply into. But when your franchise player pistol whips a kid, threatens another team with what he says is a laser pointer, they say is a gun, then you know, waves a gun around in a strip club while potentially intoxicated, like, which is illegal. It, it's, it, it doesn't matter if it's his gun or whatnot. That that actually is a crime. Uh, and then just keeps having these gun-related incidents. Like, I'm 31, not, not the oldest, but old enough to remember some of the late 90s, early 2000s incidents where teams just got destroyed. Teams fell apart because of this stuff. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think there's nothing more disappointing than watching a franchise kind of fall apart due to the actions of their star. Especially because it was supposed to be the next step. Heading into the season, the Grizzlies were often mocked as a top five team, one of the four best teams in the league. And, and in our predictions, I think we had them a bit lower in terms of record because of the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury. But mm-hmm. we knew how good they could be, and they looked that good. But then the John Morant mistakes are just ridiculous. And I don't look like everyone said this. We're not unique for being like, hey, waving a gun around is stupid. But I just want to make a point. The toy gun shit was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That doesn't make it any better. You just look stupider. That's 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 just worse. No, you did. There is the reports is that a family member handed him a fake gun. I, you, I, I don't think you could convince toddlers of that story. 
maybe the children without object permanence, you might be able to pull a fast one with that kind of story. But like the average person is like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's bullshit. Just be like, I was waving a gun around. I'm sorry. It's stupid. Yeah, that's that's number one. My turn. Number two. Go for it. I like to point out that the way I wrote that was John Morant's gun safety trainer. Very disappointed in seizing from him. Really let us down. But I'm mm. going to go number two. And just because I want to do this, it's a two-parter. It's two people. It's uh, it's Zion's dietitian and his relationship counselor. I feel like these two, those two people had a rough season, a real tough time. Zion did his best, but he really the support system around him really let him down. I, I like this. I, I like tying this to to people that aren't necessarily <laughs> real, uh, but can be involved in the situation. Okay, okay. Gets hurt again. Barely plays. Who know he was he was questionable for six months in in another season where Zion kind of plays and then doesn't. But the, the recent have you been up to date with the recent Twitter debacle? I I know that him and his uh, fiance girlfriend something announced that they're having a baby, and then a porn star that he was seeing on the side uh kind of f- blew up his spot and posted all sorts of DMs and called him out. This is true. That, that girl, the, the adult film star, has been, I think to this day, it's just, it's still, by the time you post this, she probably is still tweeting about the situation. She has been going full scorched earth with the receipts and the texts and the Snapchats and not a great look from Zion. Can I ask you, how do you feel about this as a, a marketing tactic for her? It's possible more, you know, more exposure for someone like that. But but it's 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 true. It's possible. But um, I don't know. Zion hasn't. I don't know. I haven't know. I don't know if Zion's come out with anything. Be like, no, I didn't do that or anything. But, you know, I saw the 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 gender reveal. I thought, oh, it makes sense why he's been overweight. He's been pregnant this whole time. It was actually his sympathy weight. Yeah, because he's such a supportive (laughs) and caring uh, partner. Yeah. That's right. He just he's, he wanted to gain 18 pounds. Um, my, my only thoughts with the, the marketing tactic is I remember when stuff broke about Trump and Stormy Daniels. She uh, apparently like shot up porn charts and was like really um, well sought after, well searched after that. I am not sending this one to my grandma. I am. This usually I do. This one's not getting sent over. I, I'm just, I'm just throwing out this theoretical possibility. Yeah. I'm like, why would you go with this scorched okay. earth? Like, what, what, what are you know. benefiting? Yeah, I get it. I like, get what, it. Like, hey, you could keep this on the side. You keep this on the download. This is blackmail shit. This is set you up for life. Money blackmail. What not? But no, you're you're going scorched earth. This is this is either a really tactical decision, or this is a super passionate thing. Which, if it's that much passion, like girl, I'm sorry, this was not not it. I'm I'm I feel bad for you. You are the most passionate Zion person out there. If, if this is just passion. All right, here's my question for you, relating to Zion. Who has played more total minutes, Zion ever in the NBA? Udonis Haslam since 2012. Udonis Haslam since 2012. By how much? Uh, significant. No, it's a hundred minutes. It's a hundred extra minutes. Because wasn't you done? When did you not stop starting? Right around then. He was about half on it. It's 2012-2013. He since then he's played 3,799 minutes. Zion since the three seasons he's played 3,650 minutes. Good question though. And I should have cut it one year shorter and I had you. And I had you. I knew he was still a starter on that uh, that championship team. Although the fact that he did not play many minutes, he was averaging was this less than twenty minutes a night. Yeah, he's averaging eighteen point nine. That that's wild. 
that he was averaging that few minutes. All right, so it's back to me for uh, for number three. Uh, I am most disappointed in Kyrie Irving's social media manager and uh, motivational coach. That's good. Yeah, disappointed. Tough year for Kyrie's uh, social media manager. He definitely tried his best. Um, do you ever watch those old? Uh, I mean, not that old, but do you ever watch the college humor videos? Yeah, I was just thinking. I was trying to remember what was the. Um, he would call and be like, "I'm beating the shit out of this," and he's like, "What?" <laughs> it was a Kanye's social media manager. Or yes. Something. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking of Nick Cage's agent, where he's oh, like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a good like, all right, Nick. We got to be a little bit more selective of these things." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just making shit up here, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's put it into a movie. Yeah, we'll produce that." Um, it's like, all right, Kyrie, maybe maybe we don't need to tweet everything. We don't need to. That's like, right. Yeah. Share everything. Um, but but even moving beyond that. I'm really disappointed that he broke up Brooklyn, that he demanded the trade one week before the deadline. I, I feel like we've covered enough about the social media, the stuff that, as two Jewish men, how we felt. Um, we don't need to keep going into that. But he blew up Brooklyn, and I don't know, I, I thought that this team had some sort of a championship hope. This was supposed to be a uh, a super team of him and Durant, and now Durant's in Phoenix, and he's in Dallas, and it's just... I'm kind of sad about that. I wanted to see them try again. I like having teams try again, especially when they get so close. I mean, they were a Kevin Durant shoe length away, or not even shoe length, a toe length away from beating Milwaukee and potentially winning the finals that year. Like, I, I wanted to see them run it back, and we never really got to see it. So I'm really just entirely disappointed by his entire Brooklyn Nets tenure. I'm disappointed that he wanted to sit out the bubble or encourage other people to, even though he was hurt and not going to play, and I don't even remember if the Nets were in the bubble, but like his entire Brooklyn tenure, disappointing. It was horrible. It wasn't just disappointing. It was, they didn't win anything and it was more drama than wins. That is 100% true. Back to me. I'm taking, I'm taking the Bucks catastrophe insurance agent. When, when times get rough and something terrible happens, like your star player gets injured, you'd think you'd have the insurance to not lose to the eighth seed in embarrassing fashion. But the Bucks did not have the supporting cast. Their insurance agent did not set them up in a way that they could they could weather the storm. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, not enough, and and they were bounced in embarrassing fashion. And that was an incredible Milwaukee team. And if they just could weather one series, I thought they could. It would have. I think they would have rolled to the finals. But they they couldn't handle Giannis at the sore back. This wasn't really at all what I expected this to be. Um, I I prepared some different disappointments to like dig into this player, that player. Um, but I, I think you're right. You know, looking back at their off seasons, kind of where it fell apart. They signed Joe Inglis, which I thought was a great move. Joe is the type of guy that can keep the ball moving. He can space the floor. He has a little bit of shot creation, but not a lot. Um, and, and that money could have gone to like a Malik Monk or that money could have gone to a bench spark plug scorer. And I kind of thought, hey, you don't really need that as long as you've got Middleton, you've got Giannis. Well, you didn't really have Giannis and you didn't have Middleton for most of the year. And hey, maybe having a third scoring option that's offensively better than Drew Holiday. I don't, you know, Drew, Drew is fine, but I don't think you want him as your first or second offensive creation. Third, sure. But like, they could have used a Jordan Poole or a Tyler Hero or one of those like top six-man scorer types to, to really bolster their team. And instead, they spent that money on Joe Ingles. It's, it's a good call. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're back on the clock. One more each? Oh, no. I've got... You got more? Okay. Okay. I've got a few uh, more. All right. Just just kind of choosing here. Because we, we still have some really obvious ones out there. 
And I think my uh, my pick at number five will be, I am disappointed that the man from the big short never figured out a way to short clipper stock. <laughs> okay. I just, you know, we, we keep going down the same road with the Clippers. We keep going towards, hey, this is the fantastic duo. But even like right when it happened, Zach Lowe says this every podcast he gets, is that he had someone say, hey, this could be the worst trade of all time, but you have to make it. Man, there, sh- there should have been bets. FanDuel should have, actually, no, they shouldn't have because they would have lost money on this. But there should have been an option to choose to bet I think the Clippers won't make it to the Western Conference Finals in the next five years. I don't know what Kyrie's... Kawhi? Thank you, Kawhi. I don't know what it's a Kawhi's injury status is. Um, it's not like it was another Achilles, which if so, he's probably not starting next year. I think that dramatically diminishes your chances of signing free agents, of bringing back a really competent team around him. I, I know I know that they're going to pay up the wazoo and try everything, but they now also have this really restrictive CBA coming in. I think this is the end of the Clippers, and we never got to see them be that good. The CBA is going to strangle this team. Just a slow, painful death. Because the way that was built, Balmer was just going to eat luxury tax. But now you you just can't do that in the way the CBA is designed. And this is more of a hard cap now. You can't just be the richest owner in the NBA and, and eat that money. Um, I had the Clippers on there. I, I had decided who the Clippers who is responsible for the Clippers in terms of uh, their agent or their health trainer, or their, their knee management specialist or something. But I think so, too. And and, and I had a, a segment of like the greatest ringless teams ever a while back. I went 40 deep. Number 40 was the, the Chris Webber bullets. So it did, did go pretty deep. And the Kawhi Clippers would be way up there because they always had the talent to get it done. It never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted to go with the guy for not allowing us to have the betting ability up for it. Because I think, you know, health is what it is it's hard to predict it's uh, several of these were not that's what they are injuries, now because but... the point where that's what they are it's not just yeah. oh they get hurt sometimes oh if that that they the, the Kawhi and paul george don't stay healthy they don't yeah all right what's yours for uh for number six i'm gonna go the timberwolves asset manager really needed somebody to be like hey that's a lot of first round picks for that center that's that's only pretty good you really shouldn't do that now that's really as far as this goes it's it's the trade first it's the lack of the asset manager but it's also not a great season cat got hurt and the reports are coming out that the wolves are going to trade cat in the coming months in the coming weeks and and then what was the point of any of this you you want you didn't want cappies you did want gobert and what you're going to get back for cat because i don't you know he's good is he he's not you're not going to get the the gobert package back or even the kevin the clo- even close to the kd package back or someone like that who's more of a fringe top 20-ish player top 30-ish player but the roster isn't great and they don't have any assets and they're just not that good that's the most important thing you could be you can not have assets but if you're good it doesn't matter a lot of the lakers they don't have either of those things they're just not that good that segues perfectly into my number seven because my number seven is the balls on Minnesota management for not bringing this back. I'm so disappointed that they don't want to try it again. That they're like, "Hey, we're going to we're going to talk about trading Cat." Do you know how much how much time Cat and Gobert got to play together over the course of the season? 15 games or something? 15, 17? 529 minutes. That is 13% of the season. You know, 529 529 divided by 48. 11. I was close. That's 11 full games, so probably around there. Yeah. You know, 13% of the season, um, if you were saying, hey, they play together for an average of 30 minutes a game, it'd be like 17 games, which 
you made this move. You're now not going to be able to get out of this move unless you sell off one of these guys, probably probably at discount. And I, I'd probably rather sell off Gobert just age-wise um, and I think talent-wise. I think Cat is, is a more talented player. But in theory, this works. And we did see it at some points in the playoffs where the two can coexist and Cat can stretch the floor for Edwards. It's, you got to figure out how to make this work. Maybe I should have said they're coaching because it's very clear that Anthony Edwards doesn't know how to run a pick and roll. He's their best player, but he's not good in pick and roll. Um, and if you get some better coaching, you teach him how to do this, you work on it. Those three could be really good together. I'm a big fan of Nas Reed. And if you don't trade one of those two guys, Nas Reed is definitely walking. The Sacramento. He's coming to sack. How would you feel about Draymond Green? I would love Draymond Green. I would I would forgive him for all the stomps and the kicks that he played defense for us. And, you know, it's actually, Jokic does the kickball violations in the finals, and that's just what Draymond's trying to do. Yeah, I, I actually feel like Sacramento could be a decent Draymond Green destination if him and Golden State aren't aren't able to work things out. I badly want, I want either Clay or Draymond to go to some some young team that's trying to win and infuse some winning culture. I want Clay Thompson in Orlando. That's what I want. I want him to no. mentor. Let's go to the mentor. Like we're like mentoring role. Guys aren't so bad. that good anymore. Come on. Okay. Okay. I have two more. Do you, how many do you have? I mean, I have more than that, but I, how do you want to go? Let's, we can do two more and end this okay. at a nice even 10. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to break the, the trend or the, the theme we've been going with. Um, Cause I can't think of anything for this one. Joel Embiid in the playoffs. One MVP, finally got it. Does he, he deserved after all these years, Jokic is a fraud. And he finally got it, and awful Boston series. Embarrassing Game 7. Food at home, not great, not great. We're seeing his play, finally, I think we just know what he is. He's not that good in the playoffs. He's not a good three-point shooter. Doesn't get great shots in the playoffs, because he likes to wait for the defense and react to what they're doing. In the, in the playoffs, you have to just get to your spot and shoot and he likes to read and react, and he gets stuffed by Al Horford six times in one game. It just doesn't translate that well. well the problem is he keeps trying to face up Al Horford. Back him down. You don't need to face up, up your guys. Like, you are bigger, you are stronger. You're not really faster and more athletic. Like, you are, but it's not by that much that Al Horford can't defend you. I get it. It's That's a good one. That's a good one. I have a stat for you, or a question. Go for it. Maybe. I might have a question. Where did Joel Embiid... Let's just hear ask this question. How many dunks did Joel Embiid have this season? 23 or less. How many? No, so not postseason. This entire season. 23 or less. That's a ridiculous answer. You ruined my question. Christ, State, how many dunks did he have? He had 75. Eh, it's more than, it's more than I thought. I clearly... 23. <laughs> uh, what do you expect? What the, the hell is wrong the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> there is some, I think there is some Comedy Central sketch that goes like that, where it's like, you ruined my question. You asked, guess way too high. It's ridiculous. But Joel Embiid, his size and his skill and his dribbling ability is 38th in dunks. Demonis Sabonis can jump about this high. He had more dunks than him. It feels like Embiid should just be yamming on, pe yamming on people. But like Evan Mobley led the league with 215 dunks. Aaron Gordon, 100 and 81 dunks. Why is Joel Embiid not dunking the basketball? He's just not an above-the-rim player, and that really shows when he's seven foot two and still fading away on these jump shots. Yeah, I don't have a fun way to bring up okay. my number. My number nine. Everyone involved in the Chicago Bulls. They're pretty solid. I mean, it just you know this started. I actually have the I have three different Bulls lines. Just in case you stole some of mine, I need to split this up. Uh, but one, Arvinas Karnasovas, blowing up's not an option. 
So disappointed in that. Blowing it up is always an option. Blowing it up when you're not making the playoffs and have a bunch of older guys on long-term deals and big money contracts, that's a great option. Blowing it up's a great option at that point, especially when some of those guys could still help. I believe that Vucevic could help teams. I believe that DeRozan could help teams. Locking Vu up for another three years uh, at probably pretty high-level money, terrible. Terrible. Very disappointed that Chicago is trying to go down that path. Awful. Horrible. Keep going. I'm horribly disappointed in Billy Donovan. Do you want to know where Chicago ranked on offense this year? 19th. 24th. Dang. See, that's what happens when you set a bar and the person comes in too high. <laughs> I, I, my guess was reasonable. It was good. I didn't say 30th. I didn't say first. I, I leveled your question. I felt good. The Bulls are talented on offense. They have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. Those are all offense first players. They should not be that bad on offense. They're actually a solid defensive team. They were fifth, which I think that that's just Alex Caruso. Point of attack defense. He was really good. He was really, really good. The other tag on this is Zach Levine. I've kind of been a Zach Levine defender. I think he gets too much of a bad rap uh, because when he has the ball in his hands, he's actually, he's interesting. He's, he can be decent. He can be productive, but they keep taking the ball out of his hands. His assist numbers have dropped the last several seasons. He, and it's not like his turnovers are also dropping. I mean, they're both kind of dropped. He's under five assists per game. He's over two turnovers per game. I want to see him become a better passer. I want to see the ball put more in his hands. I don't feel like the coaching has developed him. I don't think he's pushing himself. I'm just disappointed in management, coaching, and stars. That's that's the trifecta. That's the triple cross right there. We're late into this segment, and you nailed the Bulls rant. I'm, I, that, that was spectacular. Had a lot of practice. Yeah, that was good. Final pick? Yeah. Johnny Davis. I looked at him. It was a, just out of all the rookies, I'm just going to read this. It goes in order of how they were drafted. Paolo, Ken Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr. Also a nomination, didn't mention him, but still. Keegan Murray, Jay Nivey, Benedict Matherin, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, Jeremy Sohan. Would you like all those players on your team? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. How about the next guy uh, that was drafted, Johnny Davis? Do you want him on your team? I, I think it might be a little bit too soon to fully write off Johnny Davis. Okay, okay. So you're really you're interested in the 5.8 points on 38% shooting, 24% from deep, a box plus minus of negative 7.4. You, you're interested? You want to put some money in that stock? I mean, I didn't say that I want to put money on it or that okay. I, I would want to invest <laughs> you're just, in it. You're just I'm, interested. That doesn't count. Put money in it or, or, or don't disagree with me. I'm just saying. He's, he's, he's terrible. A he's 20 years old. It's it's not the most unheard of thing that if you put a dysfunctional fran- or if you put a draft pick on a dysfunctional franchise that maybe he doesn't look the best. They aren't they aren't toxic. They just are mediocre. It should be the perfect spot for him. He's playing every Wizards game is completely pointless. None of them matter, and so he gets to play in those games. He do whatever. He was bad in the G League to start the year. He was bad in the G League. I I, I don't think Johnny Davis Johnny Davis will not be in the league in three years. I give it a zero percent chance. He's just he's not an NBA player. Some guys, some rookies, you watch them, you're like, damn, like not gonna happen. No way. He's he's just one of them. And after he was drafted at ten, Yusma Jang, Jalen Williams, Jalen Duran, Ochai Baji, Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, Tari Eason, Christian Christian Brown, Walker Kessler, David Roddy. Are you interested in those guys? All right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna throw out some numbers here. Okay. That I hope you don't fact check me on. Okay. Um, his final eight games of the year. What do you think he averaged? Christ, Nate, the final eight games when everyone either was giving up. Never... <laughs> yeah, when he got to okay, play. Okay, yeah, it was just, is it 15 points a game? 15 points a game. 
Okay. And three assists and, and two rebounds. Uh, uh, almost six rebounds. Oh, okay. Now just don't yeah. look behind the curtain and ask what those percentages were. Is it close to like 35% from the field? 39% from the field, 28% from three, and 50% from the line. He's a small guard that can't shoot or play defense. Yeah. All right. That was yeah. a wonderful segment. I'm very proud of us. I'm, I'm actually very disappointed in you. Okay. There was another, there was another person out there. My honorable mention, Trey Young. I had the Hawks, but he—they were fine. It was—it was disappointing. But were you shocked? No, I just—you were like, "Wow, the Hawks are mediocre." Shocker. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was the the dip in three point shooting, falling from like thirty eight percent to thirty three percent for Young. It's the fact that there wasn't any progress in his passing assist to turnover ratio, basically the same. Um, that he didn't move off ball, no growth, and like. It's the hardest thing, because we always say when we're ranking players, we're ranking them as of today. We're not ranking them, projecting for it. But we always we always have a little subconscious that they'll get better. Like, their flaws aren't as, as evident or as important. But as they just never work on those flaws, it starts to get more and more important. And that's why you see guys like years three of, like, stardom. The, the shiny newness kind of wears off. And you're like, all right, great. You, yeah. We saw what you could be, so... I'll tell you what, the reason I didn't mention him is because I'm already so preposterously low on Trey Young. I'm the biggest Trey Young hater on earth that I wasn't disappointed. I'm like, yeah, that's what Trey Young is. He shoots the ball a ton and he's not that efficient and it's not that great. And you can't build a winning team around someone like that ever. That's just my, my fundamental belief is you will right. just that caliber, that kind of player that sucks on defense and can't, can't move off ball and has to dribble the ball into the ground to be effective is just, I'm not interested. I don't want it. I don't know who would want that. No one wants this. My honorable mentions were were things I did not uh I guess it was just Jabari Smith which is like not really he, he, he I thought he'd be better but the Rockets were truly dysfunctional and uh, I also wrote down next year's MVP in Luka Doncic all right next year he's got it 55 wins for Dallas okay the year after that no no the year after that 2027 Luka's MVP season it's finally gonna happen sure maybe he's gonna come in an MVP favorite every single year until that That's, happens it's also not next it's next year next year is 2024 2025 is the following year 2027 is i skipped i skipped a few 2027 no 2020 2028 2029 he'll, no, he'll finally get it. it's finally time i promise he's gonna stop complaining to the refs and, and being annoying i considered <laughs> i considered every son not named durant or booker in the playoffs as yeah, I, I thought about the Suns. thought about I, I was going to say the post-trade deadline Suns because I picked them to win the title and go to the finals, mm -hmm. um, and then that just didn't happen. I need I need the exclusion of everyone but Booker and Durant because Booker and Durant and Durant we can single guys we single guys out Terrence Ross <laughs> biggest disappointment in twenty twenty three Terrence Ross. Uh, you want to know what his playoffs averages were? Terrence Ross got it right here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say six points a game on 33% shooting. I'd be surprised if he got a rebound or an assist. 3.7 points per game on 29.6% field goal shooting in the playoffs. Sounds about right. All right. Yeah. That was pretty close. I'm not proud of that. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay. Our next beautiful, amazing segment. That was a great. I think we're on fire today, Nate. Things are going really segment. well. It's the worst futures draft in terms of NBA teams. If you If NBA teams were stocks... And you had to intentionally lose money. Where are you putting your stock in? Where are you, where are you, where are you buying stock at? Got the concept? We all good? Yeah, you're first. Taking the Rockets. That team is bad. I don't like any of their players. And I said prior to, to, to Steven Silas getting fired that when the Rockets are good again, not a single person who is in the organization right now is going to be a part of it. They fired Silas. Now Udoka's in. 
I just don't like any of their players. I think when it comes to it and the Rockets are seriously good again, none of those guys are going to be there. Even Shengun, as much as I like him and he's fun, when games start to matter, they're going to attack that guy because he's short and can't play defense. Oh, well, well. do you dislike all of their players or do you dislike all of their players except for Shengun? I don't like any of their players that much. I, I don't think any of them are that good. All right. I have I have hope for three of their guys. Okay. Guy number one is Shengun. I think he's got beautiful passing. He's a lot of fun to watch. And I do think he tries on defense. I don't think it's his fault entirely. His motor's good. Houston gives up way too many easy penetrations and attacks. There's so much messed up with that. Like, yeah, if you let Jokic get on an island, Jokic can be attacked defensively. But with good defensive players around him, you can scheme for it. Denver is now functionally fine on defense. Um, I think Shangun's going to be a little bit harder because he's a little bit smaller. Uh, so he has to do a bit more but he, he tries uh, i'm not too terribly worried and i know i said three but i actually mean four um second guy that i'm not uh not worried about is is kenny martin jr bit of an obscure pick oh shit nate there's no way you're defending what? kenny martin he's fine but when the rocket when you tell me the rockets are a contending team again kenny martin jr is going to be a part of it no i think he's going to go to a contending team Okay, that's not the point of this exercise. I know you like the players. I'm just saying that when the the Rockets do this, whatever weird timeline they're trying to get with the whole James, and that's the James Harden thing. Um, that's another part of this is one, they have the fourth pick, correct? Yes. They have the fourth pick in a three-person draft, and they also want 34-year-old James Harden. And if they do both of those things, which obviously they'll do the first one because they have to use their pick, I'm not into that team, and I'm even less into it with Harden, and I just am grossed out. I, I watched them live. I don't know if you can tell by the passion I have. I hated that team. I think they are just whiny and, and kind of dirty, and I don't like them. My final, you, that, that, that's, that's all I got. Go ahead. Can I tell you my secret James Harden hypothesis? Please. He will sign with Houston. He will not play in Houston. Why? Houston has the money to sign him, and then they can trade him. And I think he kind of he- wants... He wants the money. I don't think he wants entirely to be in Houston. I think he wants to be in a big market. He wants to be somewhere where he can have his strip clubs and night fun and whatnot. And I think Houston kind of sees this as a, we can sign him and move him somewhere. And I think that they, them, and I'm not entirely sure who the third party is, but they'll, they'll figure out a way to make this work. That's insanity. That's, that's deeper than the Chris Paul getting waived just to sign again deal. That, I mean, that, I, feel like, I feel like Silver would have to come in and be like, you can't. You can't do this. You can't just use shitty teams, your ports to get elsewhere. I mean, it, it works for everyone, though, because there's going to be a team that is going to want James Harden, but can't sign him, can't afford him. They're like, hey, we'll take you if you take a pay cut. Well, if he goes to Houston and Houston reroutes him, that he gets out of taking a pay cut. The other team might get a couple picks or Houston might get a couple picks. I'm just throwing it out there. That's that's interesting. At this point, I want to hear your, your pick because you were surprised by my pick. Yeah, uh, my pick is Charlotte. Really? Would you have taken them one, had given the chance? I, I had Houston significantly higher than them. Okay, which is significantly one spot. So no, 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 it's it's um it's like five, six spots higher. What are, what are we talking about? What is this exercise? Did you have one or two? <laughs> I, well, I, I went one through 30 of like who I wanted oh, wow. the least. Okay, uh, I went 10 deep and called it good. Charlotte was number 30 for me. I, I don't think LaMelo is a star. I don't think any of their yeah. other draft picks have really hit. I do like what Mark Williams does, but yeah. no one's building a franchise around Mark Williams. Yeah. 
they don't really have any incoming picks. They've got Denver's pick for this year, so good luck with you know the 23rd draft or 27th draft or whatever that is. And then their first round pick, uh, was it 2024, is set to go to San Antonio? Like, like, how are you with this terrible team and you, you have sent out one of your picks? It's protected, top 14, um, but what are the... Oh. What are the protections on this? I think it explains that. it continues to convey. Yeah, so it's it's uh, top fourteen protected twenty twenty four, top fourteen protected twenty twenty five, and then if it doesn't convey, it becomes like a bunch of second round picks. But mm. how are you this bad in giving up draft capital? Yeah, I get it. It's not a great spot. It's just it's just not a great team. And the Hornets are always the Hornets exist in the world of like twenty to forty two wins. They'll never get above that, and they'll never get below that. They just they float around in this universe where the Kings were for a thousand years. Uh, I actually I I kind of like Lamelo. I don't think he's a superstar, but do I like I like him more than Trey Young? Going, That's, I really do. It's not saying much given our last segment with you. <laughs> but going, it was just in terms of like the 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 maybe not super efficient high usage guards. I just I feel like Lamelo. Um, his usage rate last season was thirty, which is high. But just the way he plays the game, getting his teammates involved, I just into it. I'm into it because it's like a freelance way, not in like a dribble, 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 kick out way. It's more of like you here, you go, you have a layup, and you have a layup, and we're gonna run the break, and you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. It just there, there's not enough bright spots. I actually doing this exercise, I was much higher on a lot of teams. I was really kind of struggling to find teams that I can't find something positive about. I get it. All right. Who's your next pick? I'm going to go Washington. Yeah. We agree you would have taken them too? Yeah. I, I was weighing the difference between them and Charlotte for my number one. My, I ultimately went with Charlotte because I don't think Charlotte has assets to give up if they were to try to blow it up and rebuild. Washington, at least if they do blow it up and rebuild, which is something they're talking about, they could sign and trade Kuzma. They could give up Beal and get some draft capital in the door. So that was that was ultimately why I was a little bit more favorable on Washington, but stuck in the treadmill of mediocrity. No real up-and-coming young players that are going to boost them all. out of it. Speaking of Johnny Davis, like yeah, not at all. Corey Kispert yeah. is okay. He's 23, but after that, you know, Kuzma, Beal, Porzingis, they, these guys are what they are. I like Denny Advia just as a concept, but you're not building your team around him. And I think worse than a team that's in the gutter, and maybe I could have drafted them ahead of the Rockets, is a team that is about to be in the gutter. It hasn't yet accepted the process yet. I don't know if Washington will ever do that. They might want to win 35 games every single season. It's just a disaster of a of a cap situation. The, the Beal contract is both massive and the no-trade clause. Whoever, humans should have a biological feature where if they ever give Bradley Beal a no trade clause, their head explodes because that just should be like a, a huge red X. Don't ever do this. If you ever think about that, you just you just disintegrate into nothing. It's the worst contract in the league. Ben, sorry, Ben Simmons might be the worst contract in the league, but Bradley Beal is, is, is Bradley Beal's up there. Fair. I, I listened to an interview of uh, the team owner. I, it's Ted Leonsis, right? Yeah, isn't he selling though? Didn't did I, or did no. I? Is that, a, is that a fever dream? Someone. No, it's, it's a fever dream. He he just fired his uh, chief of staff, brought in a whole new team. Yeah. Sounds like they're smart. Sounds like he also gave them full permission to do whatever they want, uh, which I think is really good because in that interview they were talking about, it, he's like, well, yeah, we already tried one rebuild, and our our idea was we were going to rebuild through the draft. And we drafted really well. You know, we were the only franchise to max out three players in, in like consecutive years. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of uh, you kind of picked the wrong, the wrong guys to do that. that <laughs> you max John Wall, 
uh, Bradley Beal, and I forget if it was Otto Porter or Kelly Oubre, but like, that's the problem. <laughs> it's that you, you invested so heavily in those three guys, and, you, and you're not getting it. This interview, you're bragging about it. Like, My brother Evan makes a joke, a joke about the Bears owner. Every year they go into their cryogenic chamber, and they're unfrozen at the end of the season. They're like, ah, eight and nine, not bad. It's fine. I feel like that's what the Wizards owner does, right? At the end of the season, he's like, ah, 35 wins, yeah, not too bad, that's all right. And then he goes back into his, his slumber, never really realizing the pain of having such a mediocre team. Nate, who are you taking next? Uh, Dylan definitely gave up listening to this podcast at this point, right? I think everyone did. <laughs> I'm taking the Clippers. Wow, whoa, that's that's really early, yeah? Yeah, I get it. Listen, I had him we... down at 10 just, just because they are good. They could win the title. If, out of all these teams, they could win the title next year. And that that's an important note. Yeah, but if we're talking about team stocks to short, I, I literally made this earlier of like, a, hey, I wish I could have shorted the Clippers stock. Because they've got Kawhi and PG under contract this next season. Um, and then the following year, they both have player options. If I'm a free agent that's trying to look at coming to the Clippers to retool, I'm questioning this. Um I think there's also a really good chance that they end up bringing back Westbrook, which is just something that I, I definitely want to double short that. They do have most of the rest of their roster under contract for next year, which is both good and bad. I mean, Marquise Morris, 17 million, coming back next year. Covington, 11 mil. Batum, 11 mil. Yeah, they don't have a lot of flexibility. There's now going to be capitalism in place to prevent them from you know, glumming those salaries together and trade out for someone. They've got outgoing draft picks. Up the wazoo. What is it? Uh, they've got their 23 to Houston, their 24 and 26 to OKC, and a pick swap in 25 to OKC. Like, they've got a fair amount of picks going out. Uh, and those those player options for Kawhi and PG in 24, 25 are, are absolutely terrible. Because best case scenario for the Clippers franchise, PG and Kawhi are healthy this year. And if they're healthy this year, they decline that option. They ask for a shit ton more money. Worst case scenario, they're bad this year, in which case they pick up those player options and then you have basically $100 million to two guys that were either bad or injured. I love it. You make a good Clippers case. I, I just, I couldn't get over the fact they might be good. Because yeah. if a team wins a title and you're, and you're trying to short the stock, you just, it's zero. You got, you lost all your money. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But to be fair, like all of these teams have some really good reasons. Like it's, it's kind of an interesting thing thing to look at is either teams have a good player um like not to step on future picks but like milwaukee has Giannis, and they've got no assets an aging core around him but i'm like all right negative assets two through 20 but Giannis. exactly it's the luca thing it's why the mavs are not going to get picked no matter how shitty it gets luca's good enough even though i don't like him very much luca's good enough mm -hmm. to justify being like yeah i'm into it like we'll, we'll figure this out mm-hmm Good, good Clippers case, good Clippers case. We won't spend too much time on my, my third pick here because I already dragged them through the mud of my disappointments. It's the Timberwolves. In terms of lack of assets, in terms of weird contracts, the Rudy Gobert thing, the trading cat. I don't like teams that are in the process of something. I feel like, that they, especially if I'm not really sure what direction they're going to be heading. Like, let's say for the Kings, I'm sure you'll drag on a little bit. At least we know that the goal is to get better. With the Wolves, the goal is to figure out how to get better in a weird way, involving trading one of your core players and how to recoup these assets, and it's just a mess. That's all I have to say. I think, at least with Minnesota, who I did have a little bit higher, they have Edwards. As far as if we're talking about young talent that's still improving, he's... Yeah, he's they, I love Edwards. The future star of the league. 
it's Edwards with a fucking ankle, uh, sorry, with a fucking anchor around his ankle in terms of the Rudy Gobert contract and the lack of assets. I mean, he can be as great as he wants if they just, because if the Mavs had a five-year, $200 million contract on there, I would take them. They would be already taken because you can't offload that. Mm-hmm. All right, hit me with your next one. <sighs> New York. Wow. Knicks? Yeah. Knicks of the New York Knicks? Yeah. I didn't have my list. What's going on? So no cap space next season. Continuing to have one of the most incompetent owners who drives players away. They do seem to have a good, um, good management team in place, at least a management team in place that was perfect for getting you one player. We'll see what else they can do. They do have some really nice young assets, but I think these are nice young assets as in could be key role players. You know, Emmanuel Quickly, I love. Obi Toppin, I think eventually takes over starting role. Quentin Grimes, uh, great 3 and D. We saw it in the Rising Stars Challenge. But they don't have flexibility to go sign someone. The incoming future picks that they have are all like top 14 protected. You know, they've got Dallas 2024. That, that'll probably convey. Um, they've got Washington and Detroit's who are top 14 protected, and then eventually the, the protections kind of shrink, but they don't really get great. Like Detroit, I think, finally ends up as one through nine protection, so the best it'll ever be is the 10th pick. Um, and if it doesn't become that, it becomes a bunch of seconds. Like, it, it's not really great pieces. You don't have tradable assets. You got Julius Randle still for several more years. I just don't know where you go about improving, and I'm not quite that high on R.J. Barrett. I think this is kind of the ceiling for this team. Yeah, I mean... It's it's they are kind of stuck in the middle. My my thing is they're talented enough to make the playoffs in the East consistently. And at that point, maybe you get lucky with something else and you're able to, to swing for a superstar because they have their picks. And I like the potential of them pivoting to something else. I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah, I get it. It's, they're not they're not great and they're expensive. I will say I just looking at these teams, there weren't like a ton of teams that was like, this is a really bad situation like in the most part you either have a team with a good player or a team with good future assets ready for the next pick yeah my fourth pick i'm gonna take the nets mm. it's gonna get ugly nate it's it's they're in a weird ugly spot we like mikhail bridges we'll put it out there we understand yeah. this we, we like him as a player he's fantastic the nets are in a weird spot where they have they tore down their team yet don't have any of their own picks they can't get bad because they doesn't do anything for them and so you're gonna get this like they're going to try to turn this team into something and the whole Ben Simmons contract just dragging your team down to the depths of the ocean. That's pretty much the whole case is this team is in the process of, of taking out the trash, essentially. They're halfway down the driveway. The trash can's like tipping over. You know when it goes half into your lawn? You're like, oh shit. And the tra- you're trying to just prevent the trash from just spilling over. That's what the Nets are doing right now. And maybe they get to the end of the driveway without tipping it over. But eventually, you've got to take it out you got to handle all that, and they still have just a weird amalgamation of assets that don't really make sense. You want to hear something fun about Ben Simmons' contract? I do, please. It includes a 15% trade kicker. Oh, no <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, right? That's terrible. What the hell? All right, yeah, they, they probably should have been picked before the Knicks. I just, you know, hey, as far as, like, a young star, I would rather have Mikael Bridges than Brunson. Okay, sure. But, yeah, but if I... I'll read you their picks really quickly. 2023, they have their own, but they were pretty good this year. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have Phoenix's pick, which is number 21. Next year, they also have um, their own second rounder. They have no picks in 2024 so far. 
2025, they have Phoenixes, plus Miami's second. 2026, they have no first-rounders. They have their own second. 2027, they have Phoenix's first and the Sixers first. Dallas is second in 2027. Sorry, yeah. They don't have their own first-round pick until 2028. Phoenix has pushed themselves to... I think they're going to try to be good. The same with Philly has Joel Embiid. Those aren't teams where I'm going to be like, oh yeah, they're going to be terrible in 2027, because they might not be. But you get the idea. They don't have any of their own picks. They they can't yeah. can't get bad. That's the whole concept. So their picks are outgoing in 24 and 26 and they've got swaps in 25 and 28 it's okay you know i mean you're probably gonna keep your own picks in 25 and 28 just because unless houston ramps up neither of us quite expect houston to get better so they're really only only out two of their own picks the and the potential of two more but i'm i'm gonna guess even if those swaps convey it's you're swapping from like 13 to 18 or so yeah. like like those They'll probably be in the 10 to 20 range for both teams if, for sure. if the swaps happen. Um, and right. they've got a lot of incoming picks. So that, that probably is what made me miss on them. Lay it on me. What's your, your final pick? My right? final pick? No, you're at pick four, right? You have yes, one. So I, I have I'm one, at, you have one. Okay. I'm at pick four. Two, two more picks. How exciting. Chicago? Yeah. And we, we went through it. You we tore them apart earlier. Don't have to go too much into it. Yeah. I mean... We could also just revisit the fact that they are they have their pick this season going out to Orlando, uh, and that's their ridiculous. pick in twenty twenty five going to San Antonio. Man, man, that's brutal. You know what's funny is I misunderstood the bull situation for the longest time. I thought that if their pick fell within one to four, then it became Orlando. And so when they weren't blowing it up, I was like, "This makes sense. Why would you want to get worse? You might give your pick to Orlando." Only towards the end of the season did I learn that it was the opposite. If they got with the one through four, they kept it. What mm -hmm. were they thinking? What was the entire point of that? It's ridiculous. It was a, we would have to blow this up so dramatically and get so bad and then still have a bit of lottery luck. <laughs> like the, but, well, you got to try. You got to try instead of winning 40 games. It's just, I just, I don't get it. Didn't see it. Um, all right. My final pick. It's Portland. Oh. What the fuck are they doing? What oh. is that team? That team is horrible. They're not that good, and their timelines are all over the place, neither of which are that exciting. I don't know. I think their their future timeline is very exciting. It can be, but it can. will it be? It can't. It may be they trade Dame, and it, it's whatever, and this they are now, you want their assets and their young core, but at the moment, they're stuck with Dame, who's like, he's like he's the weird ex you have that like are we doing this are we not doing this he's he's half in and half out he stays over some nights but some nights he's out he's out clubbing and you're questioning your your, your sanity um and you know they have i don't love anthony simons i think shady sharp is really promising he's on my fantasy basketball dynasty league we have because and i won't i refuse to trade him because i think he will be pretty good mm -hmm. but also just the way the they're picking third which is nice it's gonna be scoot henderson and then you have Dame, Simons, and Sharp, and Scoot Henderson, and you're the worst defensive team of all time, and none of those guys can play together. The season will not start with both Dame and Scoot on, on Portland. It, 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 that's so I'll change my pick, but for now, they're doing this with this weird thing that I'm not into. If it's Brandon Miller, maybe they do start with it, but I, I think if, if you get Scoot at three, one of him or Dame is traded. And I think if you trade Dame, you then have a young team with sharp and scoot potentially and i don't know four first round picks from another team five four and a couple swaps like you're getting getting a ransom i want to say miami has all of their firsts they've traded like every second known to man uh but i think they have all of their first round picks 
Yeah, all of their outgoing picks are their seconds. They have. I mean, it's just, it's just the crossing of the timelines where things are about to get. Things are about to get really bad. And the Blazers won't be good for a long time. It's going to be a while. Yeah. And in terms of my losing money, it's going to go down first. It's going to go down before it gets up, and then I'm going to sell it. All right. Genius asset manager. With my my 10th pick, um, I think I'm going with Atlanta. Interesting. Did not did not make my board. Well, it was Atlanta or it's, Sacramento, it's, it's, and I felt too mean to say Sacramento. Sacramento. Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> Come on, that's ridiculous. Um, Keegan Murray's really good. And their their cores we're not we're not old, we're not expensive, and we have our assets. You you want this? You wish you were this? No, I'll, I'll take the prestige yes. of the Lakers. So, we'll, we'll dumb ass. luck into some superstar again. We don't need to be competent. It just it happens. Okay. I, I get it. But for Atlanta, um, I think we're both recognizing the limitations on Trey Young's game. Uh, we also are seeing John Collins isn't that great. And I'm I'm never been a big DeAndre Hunter fan. And they're gonna pay John Collins and DeAndre Hunter like fifty million in twenty twenty six. Big DeAndre Hunter fan. He's horrible. I said I said I'm not a big DeAndre <laughs> Hunter fan. Yeah. I know but I think you're underselling that. He's just not that good at basketball at all and he's really expensive. He's like poor man's Jalen Brown. Like that that's the selling point is like he might get to be Jalen Brown and you watch Jalen Brown and you're like, man, he still doesn't know how to dribble. It's tough. It's tough out here. I it's it's similar to the Bulls argument where you've kind of, they kind of push all their chips in and you're like, oh, this is uh, not great. It's really not that great. Yeah. And then the other thing is that they do have several picks outgoing. They've got their 25, their 27. They got a swap in 26 for Brandon Jante Murray. And Dejounte Murray after next season is a free agent. Uh, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. And I I think um how, who they hire as their coach? Quinn Snyder. I like Quinn Snyder. That's a selling point, but I just think when the Hawks are good, there's going to be very few of these players left. It's going to be it's going to be a different look. It's going to be a different team. I can't imagine they're like, hey, the new Trey Young, 55 wins Trey Young team. The 2021 run, they beat Knicks team that shouldn't have been there. Just in terms of they had an awesome defense. It was a regular season thing. Mm-hmm. Teams that have a really good defense, but no no one to score the basketball, lose in the playoffs immediately. And it's ugly. Like like the Derrick Roseless Bulls, Joakim Noah, he's like fourth in MVP voting because the defense is the best in the league. And they just get rolled because no one's scoring. They beat those guys and they beat a Sixers team just liquefying like the Wicked Witch of the West in, in Wizard of Oz. Like then the whole Ben Simmons thing's at its peak and they get through them. They push they push Milwaukee to six. Trayon gets hurt, Giannis gets hurt, it's a whole ordeal. I don't think there's a universe for the Hawks the Bucks, but even then I think it's it's two whatever series and if they had just played the Nets in the first round and just lost, we wouldn't have this conversation. If they just, just let's say they play the Bucks in round one instead of the conference finals and they're both healthy and they get creamed and it's not even we're not having this talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the one saving grace for Atlanta in my mind is that they at least have pieces they could sell or trade. You know, Clint Capella overpaid. Portland would love to get him. Portland needs a, a big with how Nurkic has kind of fallen apart in last year. Um, you know, could could you possibly get John Collins somewhere? <laughs> no way. Like, After all this, having this conversation since since 2016. Yeah, I feel like their asking price has been too high. I think there would be someone that would take a chance. Maybe you can get him to Detroit. But like, I, I think you have some assets there. I, I like Jalen Johnson. Um, you know, uh, I like AJ Griffin. Wu, uh, AJ Griffin. There's good pieces, but the expensive yeah. pieces aren't good. That's the yeah. problem. They've invested too much in the wrong pieces and now have to try to either move them out or lose their 
other pieces who are going to want more time and money. All right, we did it. My honorable mention goes to the Raptors for the same same reason as Atlanta, same reason as Chicago. Expensive, not that good. Not really a bunch of assets uh, coming in. Uninspiring. All right. Well, where can the people find you? Possible chairs on TikTok. Find me at Hoops Temple Pod on TikTok. 